I know you want to leave me, but I refuse to let you go. If I have to beg, plead for your sympathy, I don't mind, cause you mean that much to me. Ain't too proud to beg, and you know it. Please don't leave me, girl. And plead to you, baby, if pleading keeps you from walking out that door. Ain't too proud to beg, and you know it. Please don't leave me, girl. Ain't too proud to plead, baby, baby.
out there you're listening to uh if you're out there on shortwave listening to w5kub amateur radio roundtable it's a show about ham radio uh our show's gonna start in just about four or five minutes uh hey and if you're listening out there on a podcast uh just fast forward if you don't want to hear the music just fast forward uh, 30 minutes in and uh you'll uh pick the uh you'll pick the regular show up see you guys in a few minutes in this sturdy old part of the city where the sun refused to shine people tell me there ain't no use in trying now my girl you're so young and pretty and one thing i
Okay, guys, uh, we got to get out of this place and get into. I think we, I think we, I think I just talked about. I already did. Oh yeah, yeah. What? Well, <laughs> well, they don't. They haven't been hearing that. They, they've yeah, heard, I know. They hear the music, but we got to get out of this place, and uh, it's time to start the show up, guys. And oh well, man, hey, I want to welcome you guys out there on uh, if they're listening on WBCQ International Show on seventy four ninety. We really appreciate you uh, tuning in. It's, if you're tuning in there, it's Thursday afternoon between uh, uh, 5 and uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time is when you hear it. If you'd like to join our show, you can join our, our video show just by going to W5KUB uh, any Tuesday evening at 8 p.m. Central time, 9 p.m. Eastern time. We have a chat room here. You can chat directly with us. Uh, sometimes we open the phone lines. Um, we've got different people on here. Uh, would would love to have you. Hey, uh, join our Facebook group. Our Facebook group is called W5KUB. Just simply W5KUB will uh, help you find it in there. We've got about 14,000 people in that group now. And uh, it's a great group. Hadn't had any trouble. We haven't really had any spamming or anything in there. Uh, so please, uh, please do that. Uh, again, uh, uh, you know, we're, we're so glad we're on WBCQ, relatively low power, about 50,000 watts is a transmitter that we're on up here. But uh, we do get out and uh, on Troy, you know, on, a, on the, uh, what, 7490. And I've uh, actually tuned in in places like uh, the UK uh, through, uh, you know, remote uh, SDR receivers and actually listen to the show uh, from another country there. So. Anyway, do that. Uh, join us. Uh, join our Facebook group, W5KUB. If you're out there listening uh, or, or you, you listen to uh, ham shows on uh, podcast, uh, uh, tune us in. We're, we're on nearly every podcast out there from uh, iTunes to uh, iNet Radio, uh, Google Play, uh, you name it. We're out there. Tumblr. Uh, just uh, uh, tune in there and... Uh, you know, hey, let me just make this announcement. We've got, I just saw we had, we've had, uh, uh, since we since we started our, our audio podcast, we've had about 70,000 downloads, so it's uh, running uh, pretty good there. Uh, if you don't like the music, uh, we've got a two-hour slot 
a two-hour slot on um, shortwave that we try to fill. And our show uh, is typically lasting about an hour and a half, and we play 30 minutes of music, you know, pre-show. If you don't really like the music, uh, I'm sorry the music's there, but just just fast forward 30 minutes into the show, and and you'll pick the show up there. So uh, that's kind of our announcements there. Hit that subscribe button if you will. You know, need you to hit that subscribe button. I'll help you out again. Look at that. Look at that. Follow the arrow. Just hit that subscribe button right there. That'd be great if you would do that. Join our Facebook group. I've already mentioned that. Uh, so, uh, let's see. Uh, we got several things going on tonight. And, uh, hey, we'll be back with you in just a second. second. Guys, you probably noticed, no glasses again tonight. I don't wear glasses anymore, and uh, man, it's bright in here. I'm going to have to start wearing sunglasses, I think, uh, here with the studio lights and everything. It is, it's bright in here, so uh, man, uh, I feel, I feel 50 years younger. How's that, how's that, uh, Glenn? 50, feel, I feel 50 years younger, Glenn. Darn, you know, what does that make you about? 43 now then just just almost yeah yeah almost 43 yeah hey man but anyway hey it's good to be able to see see stuff again man see colors yeah, and you know all that kind of stuff and see little bitty print i can read this you know yeah the other day I, I think way. i told you this i saw i saw a freckle on a flea that was on a dog 100 yards down the street uh, that, that's how yeah. good my sight is right now Woo. Okay. Yeah. You're the second person that said that, and I'm getting heading that way, so I'm kind of like, you know. Oh, man. I, I rec my turn? I recommend it. Do it. What? Yeah. Hey, hey, man. Uh, okay. Uh, anything you want to share that's going on in your life? Oh, no, not right now. Okay. I mean, okay. it's, you know. I won't. Just as I, won't. I, I mentioned in the pre-show, you know, I'm getting ready to start on the next book, and then uh, we're looking at the Raspberry Pi Pico. And starting to tinker and play around with it. The lab is going into full steam. Um, yep. The weather's holding up, so I'm going to be able to fix the cobweb hopefully this week and get that on the air. So I'm planning to have a, a nice winter of getting on the air and doing stuff. Well, you know, I am too. Uh, I I think it's I think that's going to be a good thing to do. And let me tell you why. And we'll, I'm going to talk about this a little later. Man, the, the, the sunspot cycle, you know? Yes. 
it, man, we're fixing a peak. We're fixing a peak. And there's going to be five good years probably, right? We're on a peak right We're starting yeah. right now. There's yeah. going to be probably at least about five good years, man. And, you know, we, we I think we deserve it. I agree. I yeah. agree 100%, yeah. man. It's it's time to play. All right. Well, uh, um, Brett, well, how, how's things going out your way, Brett? Well, Laramie has seen the first signs of winter, but it's clear here now and there's no snow on the ground. So I'm up on the roof fixing antennas too. I'm putting up that hamstick dipole. I'm putting it way up on top of a, of a tall wooden mast and uh, fixing up other antennas and, uh, and getting ready to dig in because we usually get about two or three feet of snow around Thanksgiving or a little bit thereafter. So, uh, oh man, I, I'm, uh, I'm jealous. And that, since I'm retired, man, I, I like snow. You know, I, hey, hey, Glenn, don't we like snow and ice here? Uh, absolutely. I mean, three flakes and everybody's up on the side of the road in ditches and stuff. You know, hey, you know, I love it. Well, Brett, you, you were talking about two feet of snow there. Uh, gee, uh, we oh, don't... my gosh. If we got two feet of snow here, the, the town would yeah. come to a screeching halt for six months. I guess I guess what I was referring to is maybe we'll have an ice storm and the power will go off. You know, Of course, Glenn, you don't have your generator yet, right? No, I don't have a okay, generator. Okay, okay. How about, hey, Brett, how about you got a generator out there? You got any kind of backup power at home? Yes, I have uh, two portable generators for my wireless ISP, and so they work for the house too. And okay. Well, wherever they're needed. Well, very good. Very good. Uh, oh, man. Uh, you know, you need to get you a permanent generator put in where you don't have to worry about these portable jobbies. Glenn's going to have, Glenn, Glenn, go ahead and order one, if you will. Go ahead and put one in. Yeah, I'm going to order one, you know, have it tied into the natural gas, you know, so yeah, I'll be all yeah. set. You know, my, my, my fear is what happens if our natural gas goes off? Man, I don't know. If we had an earthquake here, oh. which we, we could, I guess. Yeah, actually, uh, someone sent me a link today about how often uh, we've had earthquakes here in the past couple of weeks. We've got a yeah. lot of mini quakes that have been going on, so they're kind of starting to predict the big one. Yeah, well, you know, the big one, the biggest <sighs> earthquake just was just a few miles west of us here. I'm talking within probably 50 miles, 100 miles. And uh, Mississippi River ran backwards for three or four days. Uh, it created a lot of lakes here. It rang the uh, Liberty Bell. Uh, it was uh, it was pretty bad, man. People didn't even go in their house for like a month or two. The tremors kept coming. And we do get tremors here a lot. I don't know, man. But anyway, hey, do you, hey, uh, so Brett, you guys get any, uh, any earthquakes out there? It's pretty quiet here. Um, there is a, there's a subduction zone in Yellowstone in the other corner of the state. Right now, I'll tell you though, the big the big geological activities in Iceland. I wouldn't want to live there if they oh, yeah. are back yeah. in the towns because of the because of the earthquakes and the threat of lava. Yeah. Well, I tell you though. Uh, yeah, you mentioned Yellowstone. Yeah. Uh, man, I, I mean, hey, that that's, that place is gonna blow up one of these days, man. How how close are you to Yellowstone? Oh, it's about 400 miles from here, but oh, it's a, it, it yeah. is the, the, the entire park is like the crater of a volcano. Right. And, yeah. If yeah. it goes, Brett goes. I'm thinking that they're probably going to split the United States right there. And from, from there to the West, it's just going to fall off, man. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, between that and the San Andreas, you know, you know, California would be somewhere close to Hawaii. Right, right. All right. Well, hey, let's uh, let's uh, look at some of the things we got for the show tonight. Uh, hello, guest forty-six. I just I just saw him log in the chat room. Hey, if you want to change your name in the chat room, all you have to do is just type a forward slash the word Nick N I C K space, and then type your new name or your call or whatever in there. Real simple slash Nick space and your name, and that'll change your name. So uh, if you don't like being called guest, uh, change your name. All right. Hey. Uh, so we haven't done this in a while. I started doing it a couple weeks ago, and uh, you know we need to talk about there's there's some ham radio news that kind of is out there. And uh, let me just mention a few things. Uh, and uh, I'm sure that uh, Glenn and and Britt probably uh, have some additional things. But uh, so hey uh, guys, uh, just take notice that the FCC. Uh, Commissioners voted unanimously, unanimously, that's hard to say, to uh, change the rules uh, that limit the, uh, what, are we, what are we talking about, the, the baud rate on the amateur bands with a 2.8 kilohertz bandwidth limit. So uh, now they're going to, they're going to, they're going to stretch that out to 2.8 kilohertz bandwidth to permit greater flexibility in data communications. Now, I don't know how you get a higher higher data rate. Uh, uh, I think most all the programs, I guess people will eventually change the programs. I think all the programs is pretty much, uh, what, keyed in there, your your maximum data rate or the, the data rate. Right, so, they had a maximum signaling yeah. rate, which yeah. was not tied to, well, it was linked to the bandwidth, but not tied to the bandwidth. They're not yeah. mutually, you know. Together, so I'm so sure now that signaling rate's going up. I'm sure we're going to start seeing uh, that that being changed now, or the 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 change being put in there. Hey, there's another thing here. ARL files in opposition to commercial HF petition. Uh, looks like uh, there's some opposition to the to the uh, petition by the Shortwave Modernization Coalition to permit high-powered digital transmissions on a variety of HF bands including some immediately adjacent to popular amateur bands. Yeah, that's a, that's a, an interesting one because what they want to do is they want to do stock trading. Yeah. They want to send signals to arbitrage between exchanges and they and then they want to use short wave they want to use short wave frequencies to do that. The funny thing about that is that it's not a good band because well, HF propagation changes from day to night and yeah, from day to yeah. you know, and from one day to another. If they really wanted to do this reliably, they would forget about using the HF bands. They would go up a little bit higher. They go up to VHF, and they would use tropo scatter. Oh you yeah. You got to use a bunch of power, but the military use that. And tropo scatter is you know you lose a lot of the signal, but it's reliable. Uh, but no, they want the short wave frequencies, and so they've uh, you know they're petitioning to do stuff which will surely interfere <clears throat> with a lot of things, including hams. Yeah, and they're wanting to uh, make that a, a fifty kilohertz wide uh, I guess spot there 20,000 watt signal will be allowed 20,000 watts man Woo. next to seven different amateur bands with weaker protections against interference yeah mm -hmm. okay so we don't know what's going to happen there we will, well you know uh, how that works out they need to give us 20,000 watts so we can <clears> compete <throat> against it yeah yeah that would that would help 
So, hey, here's an interesting one here. I, probably some of you guys out there are doing this, but the ARL asked Hams to comment on the FCC 60-meter proposal. Uh, you know, the FCC is proposing to make a change in the uh, allocation uh, to the 60-meter band uh, and, and conform with the structure approved several years ago by previous WRC. So we're not really following the WRC yet. They're wanting to change it where we are. But here's what's going to happen. You know, the, the, we're talking about the 5 megahertz band, which is, in, it, which is channelized. And uh, it's a pretty neat band. I've listened on it. I've never talked on it. But, you know, it's just above uh, 80 meters there. Uh, so let's see. Uh, they're talking about uh, making, uh, take those channelized frequencies on the band and make a continuous 15 kilohertz wide band segment, 15 hil hil kilohertz wide band segment. It would also reduce the permitted uh, power from the current 100 watts ERP. So right now you can run 100 watts ERP, and they're going to reduce that down to a maximum of 15 watts EIRP, effective isotropic radiated power. So that's equivalent, and in, in, uh, Brent and I were talking about this in pre-show, that's equivalent to a maximum of 9.1 watts ERP. So, uh, my goodness. To the e antenna. Uh, man, ERP, man, if you got a gain antenna, you probably can't run more than a few watts. Yeah, and you need a gain antenna. That's the thing, because there is yeah. QRF on that band, <clears throat> and you need some, to, you know, some directionality. So it's, uh, it's, it's not a good thing. Some hams have said that the limit shouldn't even be the current 100 watts. It should be more. Um, Canada, Canada is also uh, not following the uh, WRC recommendations, and they currently have a 100 watt limit. Um, the ARL is asking that we keep ours, um, and uh, I think we should. Um, I, I file comments. By the way, if you, if you look it up on my call sign, you'll, um, in, the, in the electronic comment filing system, um, I've commented and supported the ARL's recommendations, plus some others. Um, so if people want comments to crib from, feel free to copy mine. All right. That's great. Hey, give your comments out there because, you know, the, you know, I, I doubt that a lot of these people at the FCC have really a lot of ham radio experience. I may be wrong, but, uh, you know, they may think they're doing a great job here, but, man. And this, they're politicians. This sounds, this sounds pretty serious here. But the league is encouraging uh, the FCC to maintain the 100-watt power uh, maximum there. Hey, uh, we mentioned earlier, solar maximum may be approaching. Well, it is approaching. If you tune the HF bands now, you're going to you see that, man, there's a lot of uh, a lot of things going on. And a lot of, you're hearing a lot, of, a lot more DX now. Uh, the bands are starting to open up. Uh, I think i got a graph here uh, that shows shows the, uh, the cycle here and you can see right there uh, you know we're in 2023 <clears throat> so we're right there on the upswing of that hill right there <clears throat> it's starting to get really 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 good and it's going to be good for about five years it's going to start going back downhill and then by about what's that 2032 2030 2032 it's going to start getting pretty bad again so, uh, man, hey, enjoy it now. I know, man, back in the 60s when I first got my license, that was a very hot year for uh, uh, for uh, propagation. And it, it, was, it was 
not uncommon just on just about every band to hear DX just about any time uh, out there. So, uh, you know, hey, be aware. That's coming up here. We're on the, we're on the way right now. Uh, oh, hey, uh, I saw a news clip here. Uh, uh, Republicans and Democrats, they've gotten together and have introduced a new bill. These are, these are Ohio Republicans and Democrats. They've introduced a new bill forcing HOAs to allow, you know, reasonable antennas. Now, I thought we already kind of had that. Didn't we? Anybody know if we had that before? Reasonable antenna or not? Um, not for hounds. For everything else. If you wanted, okay. if you wanted a wisp antenna, if you wanted a satellite <clears> tip, <throat> then there were rules called over-the-air receiving devices or OTARD regulations. Yeah. But they let hounds out of that. <clears throat> for years, the ARL has been asking the FCC to extend it to hounds. So maybe now they finally will. Yeah, I just got a message here from, from, uh, let me see, I just got a, oh, okay. Just got, we just got a card posted from, uh, Australia on here. Hey guys, uh, yeah, Colin just reminded me there. If you go, did I mention this a while ago? Well, we're going to show some QSL cards tonight. We only have a few of them. I asked for them late. If you want to see your QSL card on the show tonight, go to our Facebook group, W5KUB. And, and put your QSL card on there, post it, and we're going to look at it after a while. We only have a few on there, so it's, it's not going to take us but about a minute to, uh, to review those. But uh, you still have time to, uh, to uh, get your QSL card on there. Hey, Air Force Mars turns 75 this year. Military Auxiliary Radio Service. Celebrating its 75th anniversary next month. We're going to have special stations operating from the Pentagon and, uh, you know, all over the place, man. So I'm sure you'll like to uh, probably like to try to connect and work work with them there. Yeah, I did that cross-band exercise probably about yeah. 10 years ago. That yeah. was a lot of fun. All right. Well, you know, hey... Uh, Hey, our news, our ham radio let me ask, you guys got any news right now that I missed? I'm sure I did. Anybody? Uh, Glenn? Uh, Brett, anything you want to mention? Not no, me. Okay. Well, there's a couple of big solar storms that have happened in the last couple of weeks and more coming. And uh, they're, they're, people are seeing Aurora <laughs> as far south <clears throat> as uh, as Mississippi these days. So, uh um, the thing to do is to watch watch Noah's Aurora predictor. Um, you'll have bad HF reception, so it's a good time to get out and watch the 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 show in the in the sky because that's just about all you can do when there's a when there's a solar storm. Well, that may be some some reason that uh, W5KB113 is just not getting out very well. It's being received very little bit, and maybe the storm is uh, solar storm is kind of causing some interference or at least cutting back on the propagation i don't know but you know hey speaking of uh you know speaking of that you know um we uh they're not a new sponsor yet but i think they will be you know uh people have, have talked to us about our pico balloons let me get this straight here our pico balloons and and we found we found a new use for the Pico balloons uh, that can really go out to the public now, and the public is starting to use it. I think it's going to be a big deal right now. 
and it's called Float a Poo. Or it's called Float a Poo. And what, what this is, you got this small tank of uh, helium there, and uh, th this is a new uh, dog poop disposal system. Okay, you just put your dog poo in this bag. You put a little hot uh, helium in there. I recommend helium for this purpose here, and you just let it go. And, you know, if you get good at this as far as figuring the lift and so forth and the, with the weight, you can probably make this thing, you know, come down in places that you would like for it to come down in. I don't know. We can send a bag of poo somewhere now. So anyway, there you go right there. You just... You just fill it up and let it go, man. All right. So that is, that is, that's not, hey, that's not April. That's not April Fool's. Dwayne said April Fool's. Uh-uh. All right, guys. Well, hey, okay. So you see the, uh, you see the new product here? We may start marketing that, actually. I've got several balloons here. <laughs> well, yeah, you need to put a tracker on it. Well, well. We 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 could, yeah. Well, I mean, and you know, if you're you know, be responsible. You got to need to know where you put it. And you know, there's that there's that new 22 uh, uh, meter band. It doesn't require a license, yeah. uh, so anybody now can fly one of these poo bags and and track it. Yeah, that is what we need to do. I think we could market that, track your poo bag. Uh, <laughs> and you know, we wouldn't have to use any fancy balloons. I think we could use just about any kind of balloon here. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I do have a little bit of news. I kind of talked All about right. it before. Uh, got a letter from ARRL um, this week that <clears throat> they have officially accepted uh, the article that Dave Minster and I co-wrote <clears throat> uh, on a special project at ARRL headquarters. Not going to say much more about it because it's just, it's really cool. Uh, but the article will be coming out in QST at some point real soon. All right. Keep us posted. I surely will. All right. Hey, I posted something in our Facebook group, and I think my son's helping me out down in uh, Texas. I think he's already located one, but we're still on a lookout. So, guys, here's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for every, everybody should have one of these in their attic or in their basement. I'm looking for one of the All-American 5 radios. The All-American 5 is the one that would electrocute you if you put, put the cord in, you know, wrong into the socket because it wasn't polarized. But uh, uh, I'm looking for the one uh, really with the miniature tubes, the 50C5, the 35W4, uh, not, the, not, the, not the larger octal tubes, but this one. I could do it with either. And what my plan is for the show here, I did this, I did this 60, 60 years ago. Uh, you can convert one of these All-American 5s to a, a broadcast transmitter. And uh, I just want to do one for the show. If somebody has one out there in your, in your garage, send it to me. I'll, I'll send it back to you, converted. Give it to you, one of your kids or, you know, somebody. And uh, actually, you can convert it where where it becomes a transmitter, a broadcast band transmitter. You can actually talk into the speaker. The speaker can become the microphone, and you can actually have your own radio station and transmit to other radios tuned to the frequency. So I'm looking for, I'm looking for, you know, an All-American. Um, yeah. You 
know, these were very popular. They made millions of them back in the 50s, 60s. Of course, what, late 60s, then the solid state started coming out, transistors started coming out. But uh, these radios here are killers. Most of them have plastic, uh, <clears throat> plastic or bake-like cases around them. And that's the only protection that you would have. And if you ever had one that, that, the, that, that you lost the knob off of, if you were ever barefooted standing on a, a tile floor and you reached and turned the volume up, uh, it would let you know that you shouldn't do that. So uh, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the All-American actually had one of, the, one, of the, one of the two wires from your AC plug hooked to the chassis. And back then, the plugs were not polarized. So, you know, hey, it was 50-50, man. Is it plugged in where the, the ground or the neutral is on the, the chassis, or is it plugged in where the, the, the hot is on the chassis, you, you know? So, uh, hey, if, if somebody does send me one, what I'll do, I will put a polarized plug on there just to protect you when I send it back where uh, at least you will have some protection that, you know, you won't, won't get electrocuted with it. But this was a very popular radio back then, so... Yeah, well, yeah, I think I had the Emerson. Oh, did you? I had, and I had one that actually was my first shortwave radio when I was about nine or ten years old. Yeah, I got this. I got a, a five tube radio. It was in the front. The brand name was Monarch, but it was a it was the same as the Helicrafter shortwave receiver that was uh, that was out during the same era. And it was basically a five tube radio where they made it tune up into the shortwave band, and you could tune yeah. all the way up to about thirty megahertz. And yeah, uh, that was yes, that was a killer. If you plug if you plug the plug in the wrong way, you could get zapped. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, so, and it had a metal case too. So oh, that's, that's it, oh boy, that's that that's a that's a killer to start with, man. So yeah, they did add uh, FM to that a little later, and of course, it was much easier to to add some shortwave on there. I'm just looking for the basic, just the basic. Uh, um, All American Five, right there. It, I, I just showed you three pictures of it, but uh, uh, if you if you if you got one, pull the back off a little bit, look in here, you'll see five tubes. That's why it's called the All American Five, and uh, uh, you'll see two tall tubes, and you'll see three little shorter tubes. And uh, uh, those five tubes there, the filament actually the the way they get the filament voltage, no transformer again, but those filament voltage, those filaments are all in series. And uh, you add them up. You got a you got a 35W4. I mean that's 35 volt. You got a 50C5. That's a uh, a 50 volt. And you got three tubes that are 12, like uh, 12AB6 or something. So three 12s, a 50, and a and a 35. And you add that up, and that adds up to about 120 or plus or minus one or two points there. And uh, uh, that's how you got the filament uh, voltage. Uh, and uh, man. I mean, I, I, I can't stress how much that thing really was. People did die from that radio. Oh, gosh, uh, yes. They did die from that radio. And, you know, we didn't have the safety things that we have today, you know. And, and uh, man, it's just. But anyway, hey, I want to convert one. Uh, I, 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 it, it doesn't take any parts to convert it. You just have to remove some wires, change some wires, move some wires, uh, do a few things to it. And uh, we'll make a broadcast transmitter out of that All-American 5, and you can have your own radio station, and uh, it'll probably it'll probably transmit 20 feet, maybe, you know. 
I'm not. Know. I'm not telling know. you. I'm not telling you to put a longer wire on the antenna. But uh, you know, yeah. If you if you if you set it up where you broadcast your entire neighborhood, that that's on you, not 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 me. You know, <laughs> dis, disclaimer there. Yeah, disclaimer. I don't know if it'll pass par 15. Well, it probably won't. Probably probably won't there. Yeah. So anyway, I think uh, my son has has uh, in one of the clubs down in Texas has found some uh, All American Five radios and he will. Uh, I think you're going to try to get one sent to me there. Hey, uh, let me make this announcement just really quick, guys. Uh, next week, we're going to give away two tickets to uh, Hamcation. So uh, if you're going to Hamcation, send me an email. You can send it to tom at w5kub.com. And just state up, put the subject uh, Hamcation tickets. And just say, I'd like to have the Hamcation tickets. So uh, next week, we will award the two uh, Hamcation tickets uh, to someone that's going. Uh, normally, for a prize, we would use Hambot to give the prize. But, you know, Hambot would probably pick somebody that would not be going. So we just want to make sure this go, goes to somebody that's, uh, that's, that's going down there, you know. All right. Hey, uh, we've got a, several things to talk about tonight. But... Uh, uh, Brett is going to talk to us about some power over Ethernet, which is something that we all could be doing. Probably some of us are already doing it, but uh, it has some benefits there. So, hey, uh, you want to go ahead and uh, uh, crank it up here, Brett, and tell us tell us about power over Ethernet. Okay, well, let's let's talk about power over Ethernet. I'll need to share my screen to show you the slides. So let's see if I can do that. Here we go. Let me see if I can get me off of this. Let's see. Put me in the corner. Yeah, let me get me off of this. Um, I can figure out how to do it. Let's see. Here we go. Here we go. Bam. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm off now. And I'll, move, I'll move you over. There we go. That's okay. Better. That's better. Well, this is uh, this little talk is uh, called Power Over Ethernet, a primer for hams and wireless users. And uh, the uh, um, in case you want to see my slides later, you can uh, you can look them up at wi7bg.com slash poe capital P small o capital E. Um, and if you have questions about it, you can email me at the email address that I'm displaying on the screen right now. In any case, what is power over Ethernet? What should, why should hams know about power over Ethernet? Well, many consumer dev electronic devices can't run without it. A lot of them, they, they need to get power somehow, and uh, they, they, you're expected to plug them into some sort of a power source. Uh, but they don't have a separate power source. You've got to you've got to use a power supply that's connected to the Ethernet cable, and it's especially common if you're powering outdoor gear like microwave gear, um, wireless internet equipment, including Arden, which is the uh, the amateur radio emergency data network mesh network, and if you're running something like the IC905, it turns out that the uh, the ICOM IC905 which has an ODU, an outdoor, an outdoor unit, which uh, transmits microwave signals. That also uses power over Ethernet to get the power out to the ODU, which is on your antenna mast right below the antenna. Now, 
Power over Ethernet is also used to power projects based on the Raspberry Pi and the Arduino. So if you're into programming either one of those, then uh, you'll be interested in knowing about it. And it's a common power method for any sort of Internet of Things device, uh, especially digital cameras. If you have a security system that, uh, that uses Ethernet, chances are the power comes to the cameras over the Ethernet cable if, if it has one. Now, many Ethernet switches that you can buy that you can buy at the store or on Amazon contain built-in PoE power sources. And the great thing about that is you just plug the device into the Ethernet switch and it gets power and it works. You don't have to worry about finding a place to plug in that wall wart because the switch takes care of the power for you. And some of those switches can also be powered by PoE. So you won't even need a power a separate power brick for the uh, for the Ethernet switch. Now, what? How does PoE work? Well, um, okay, it looks it looks like my I'm going to move it over a little bit. Be, yeah, I might be cut off a little I'm, bit. Yeah, I'm going to take care of that. Uh, right. If OBS can scale it down. Yeah, I've got it here. So on the left hand side of the screen, what I'm showing is the wires that go into your typical RJ45 ether Ethernet connector. And what you see there is you've got eight wires and they're arranged in pairs. You got the white and orange pair on the right, uh, you know, on, on the on, on the right hand side as the cable's facing you, and the brown and white on the left hand side. And then you have a green pair that's split up next to them and a blue and white pair in the middle. Now, the reason for that has to do with the telephone system. Um, they derived this, the, the order of the, of the wires in this cable from old telephone cables. You might, you know, you might remember you had an RJ, you had a little RJ12 jack or, and plug that you plugged in the plug in a phone at one time. Um, now, uh, you know, back, back when people had wired phones and very few people do anymore. Um, the blue and white pair and the green and white pair were used for the first two telephone lines. And you either didn't have the other two pairs at all, if you had a, had a little skinny plug, or if you had the wider plug that was used in business phone systems, you had those outer two. And those were used for other things. Those could be used for data. They could be used for more lines if you had a multi-line phone. And sometimes they were used to power the lights if you had like a princess foam with a dial that lit up. Sometimes the power would go over that. So when uh, Ethernet became popular, um, first we had 10 megabit per second uh, twisted pair Ethernet, and then we had 100 megabit fast Ethernet. And uh, at that time, we were not using two of the pairs. Um, the white and orange pair was usually used to transmit data upstream to the switch. Um, the green and white pair was usually used to transmit uh, to, to transmit data the other way. The blue and white pair was left unused. You could actually hook up a phone to that and use your and use your data jack as a, as a data jack and a phone jack if you wanted to. And the same thing with the brown and white pair; those were left unused. So people who were creating devices, especially wireless devices, got the idea: why don't we just use that for power? And so passive PoE was born. What they did was they just took the power supply and they hooked it up to the blue and uh, the blue and white pairs, and what, the blue and white pair and the uh, brown and white pair, and uh, they sent the they sent current down it and there was enough current to power a device. Uh, the problem was that every manufacturer did that differently. Um, most of most of the the companies that made that made these things put the positive pole on the blue pair 
and negative on the brown pair. But Cisco had to do it differently, and they did it the other way around. So after a while, uh, the, the manufacturers, to, to keep their equipment from being blown out, started, put, started putting uh, diode bridges on their equipment to make sure that that uh, you know, didn't blow it out. And then we got gigabit Ethernet. Now, 1000 base T uses every pair in the RJ45 connector. So what do you do then? You can't, uh, you can't just connect the power supply directly to that. So you have to use something which is called phantom power. What that means is that you split the AC signal, which is the data, off from the DC current, which is your power. And uh, this is done in audio systems, and it's also, do it's also done in PoE. Um, now, fortunately, um, Ethernet connections always use an isolation transformer to prevent, your, to, to prevent your Ethernet device from getting blown out and from creating ground loops. So there's already a transformer there. So what they do, and I'm going to skip ahead to the next slide to show you, is that they put a center tap in the transformer. And so the way, so what you do is you have this, this pair that goes from, uh, from your, say, from your Ethernet switch to your device, and you feed the center tap with the voltage on one side. And the current goes in there, it goes all the way down the wire, and it comes out the center tap on the other side. But the transformers block the, uh, block the DC. So the AC signals just go over as if the DC wasn't there. The, uh, you know, the, the Ethernet can't tell that you're sending power over it. Now, this does have some limitations, and I'm going to go back to this slide, which shows that. Um, Cat5 cable is 24-gauge wire, which is really skinny wire. And Cat6 is only one gauge thicker. It's 23-gauge uh, wire. And so the maximum safe current that you can get through one of those is only about an amp. Otherwise, the cable starts to heat up, and if you go too much higher than that, you'll start to melt the insulation. So if you want to get more power over the thing, you have to raise the voltage, not the current. Um, now, many Ethernet cables can handle fairly high voltages. However, the electrical codes say that they're only rated for a certain amount. They limit uh, the low voltage data wiring to voltages that are at the maximum between 48 and 60 volts, depending on the country. So there is a maximum amount of power that you can send over these. And of course, people want to push this to the limit because they want to power, as, they, they want to power things with as much power as they can. Uh, the other place where you have a limitation is the RJ45 connector. If you take a look at the little tiny contacts on an RJ45, they are really, really skinny. And the contact surface isn't very big. And also the transformers, if, you're do, if you do have phantom power, uh, well, those windings can only take a certain amount of power before they melt down. So the net result is you can't run a 100-watt ham transceiver which takes about 200 to 300 watts of power when it's transmitting over PoE. But you can certainly run a QRP rig over it. And it also power a decent VHF or UHF rig. It'll power a microwave radio, which only is usually in the, rated in the milliwatts. It'll power a Wi-Fi radio or a Wi-Fi access point. And it will power a Raspberry Pi, an Arduino, or some other gadget like a camera really, really well. And so that is what it's commonly used for. Now, the way you get the power into the wire is one of two ways. The first way that uh, people use most of the time is called a PoE injector. 
And that is technically called a mid-span injector. And the reason why is that the data cable comes out the other side of it and goes to your ethernet switch or whatever else is at the other end. So it's kind of in the middle of the cable. And they uh, very often, it's not just a, a device that, that taps into the wires. It's also got the built-in power supply. Like if you look at this uh, the picture I put here, um, there's a ubiquity POE device, which, has, which plugs into the AC outlet and you have the two cables, the one that just has data and the one that has power and data. Now, there are some injectors that also have a special little gadget in it. They have a reset button in them, and the Ubiquiti injectors have that. Um, what they do is they short the voltage over to another wire, and when they do that, they can cause a device to reset back to its defaults. So suppose that device is up on the ceiling or up on a tower. You can reset it back to its defaults and reprogram it, uh, without having to climb up. Um, the problem with that is that each of those schemes is proprietary, and if you plug in the wrong injector, you can reset your device when you don't mean to. Ubiquity, in fact, had the problem that they changed the way they did their uh, they did the way the way they did their uh, power over Ethernet between different product lines. And if you plug the injector for one product line into the products from a different product line, you would reset them. So they kind of learned their lesson there then and you know began to go towards standards. Eventually, their, their equipment will probably all be on the IEEE POA standards. Now, the IEEE got involved kind of late in the game. They published standards for POE, but only after people were doing lots and lots of different versions. And so uh, when you have a POE device, you can't be guaranteed that it uses the IEEE standard. It might or it might not, and you're going to have to check to see. But they've published three standards for PoE now with increasing amounts of power. The first one was called 802.3.AF with small letters because they ran out of capital letters. Then they went to .AT. Then they went to .BT. And each one delivered more power. Now, indoor gear, um, the latest stuff like, um, like access points uh, from Rocky or Ubiquity usually use IEEE. But outdoor gear has mostly stuck with passover with passive PoE so far, and uh, so you need to know what you're powering in order to know what kind of adapter to get. Um, BT, which is the latest standard, can give you more than 70 watts of power, and the amount of power you can get through it, of course, is limited by the resistance of the cable. If you've got a long run, you're going to get less power at the other end than if you don't. Um, now that's still enough for a good VHF transceiver or a good microwave outdoor unit. And uh, again, the, you know, the, the latest, the latest, uh, the latest, the latest ICOM microwave gear uses that to good advantage. Now, IEEE also set, uh, set their standards up so that there's signaling from the device that's powered back to the power supply that tells it how much voltage and how much current it wants. And that's kind of complicated. It makes the injector or the switch that has the that, that does PoE more expensive. That's another reason why some people still use the passive standards because the the power supply you know, or whatever device you have that supplies the power is going to cost more if it does the PoE standard. Now, it's possible to use PoE even if the device you're trying to power is not a PoE device. You can use what's called an extractor or a splitter at the far end of the cable where the device is that you want to power. And what it does is it takes the data cable in and out of it come two cables, 
One of them is the data cable that goes to your device. And the other one is a little cord, just like the sort of cord that comes out of a wall ward. And that plugs into the power connector on the device. If the voltage is right, and usually you'll do this with passive PoE, so you can control what voltage it's going to be by selecting the injector or the power supply, you can power something, you know, something that's hidden in the ceiling or hidden in a wall. And it was never even meant to be powered by power, power over Ethernet, uh, using power over Ethernet, and that can be really handy sometimes. Um, the device that's pictured here is an Ethernet hot, uh, Internet hotspot for a company called Zyshell. And I've actually used these. They do work very well if you use a power over, a power over Ethernet splitter. Now, if you want to get hardware to match your device, you've got a power, power over Ethernet device, and you want to get an injector, you want to get a power supply, um, there are several sources that you can go to. There's one company that does nothing but power over Ethernet that's called poetexas.com. And they've been on a couple of the ham webcasts. They cater to hams, they cater to WIFs, and they have all sorts of power supplies and injectors and extractors and converters. So give them a look if you need something esoteric that does power over Ethernet. If you want something very basic, you know, an, an adapter for some, you know, something where you know the brand and you know they're made, you can go to Amazon or eBay. Um, the Ubiquity injectors, the passive ones, work with many third-party devices, and so you can just buy the Ubiquity, and if you know that it's compatible, you can use that with third-party devices. And there is a manufacturer, and there's a Chinese manufacturer called TP-Link, which sells IEEE mid-span adapters and injectors and switches, and I use a lot of those. Uh, there's another company you should know about, which is a European company called Microtech, which sells these really useful adapters. Um, this is a really inexpensive, passive, two-pair gigabit mid-span injector. So it goes between the devices, and it lets you inject the power. You can also extract. You can also use it backwards as an extractor, but you can inject the power into the line using this device, and it's gigabit, so it won't it won't mess it, it won't mess anything up if um, if you've got a gigabit link. The great thing about this one is because it lets you plug in any power supply whose connector, you know, it uses a standard barrel connector, any connector that fits will power it. And so suppose you've got a, you've got some, a device that takes 24 volts, but you've got a really long run of cable to get to it. You can go ahead and plug in like a 27 or 28 volt supply to take care of the voltage drop. So when you get to the other end, maybe you've got a, a cable that's got, you know, over the length is like seven or eight ohms, and it's drawing, you know, maybe it's drawing half an amp. Um, you can compensate for that voltage drop and calculate how much how much you need to raise the voltage, and then put in something which is the right voltage so that uh, you you get the you get what you need at the other end. So anyway, that's uh, that's all I have. If people have questions, uh, I can I can feel I can field them now from the chat, um, or of course you can always email me. All right, let's see if I can figure out how to get you back on here. Uh, probably get it right there. And um, can you turn off sharing? Okay, let's stop sharing. There we here go. We okay, you're back. All right. Hey, very good. Uh, cool, man. Uh, you know, you showed a couple of the little uh, Ethernet adapters. Uh, I, I, I don't have any ubiquity um uh, but I've got some uh, ingenious, some high power, you know, ingenious stuff, and they come with a, I guess, a power inserter. I, I'm not sure if they have a place for an external 
uh, well, I think they do have an external uh, power supply, or you can use the uh, power inserter. Now, a lot of, in, in uh, help us out here, uh, Brett, uh, your power Ethernet is some different voltages. Some of those require 48 volts. I think some maybe 24, and then I've got some stuff here that's 12 volts. So you got to be careful what you use for, you know, your your inserter there. Um, Absolutely. And the Ingenious, I'm not sure whether Ingenious has gone to IEEE or whether they're still using passive PoE. I know years ago when I last used their equipment, they used passive PoE. But uh, I don't know what they're doing now. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. So you showed a picture of one of these. This is, uh, this is uh, one of the very simple, uh, I guess, connectors where you can hook up, uh, what, Power over Ethernet. You've got you got one that goes up at the, your modem or whatever, and uh, let's see, that'd be this one basically. Uh, let me show you what I got these for. Let me show you, and I mentioned this on the show once before. I have a, um, I've got like a uh, 5G router here, and um, is that a Cisco? No, it's not. This is actually a Cuddy. How you like that brand, Cuddy? Anyway, uh, anyway. So uh, for for many years we've used a small uh, 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 MiFi on uh, Verizon, like a 4G or 5G uh, MiFi or Jetpack. Sometimes they're called Jetpack because I don't like leaving. You know, you could put a hotspot on your telephone, but when we would stream a drive, we may be streaming for eight or nine hours straight. So. We didn't typically want to use our phone for that, so I would use something like this as we streamed. Uh, but here for backup communications, in case our internet goes down, this is a this is a 5G um, uh, router. It also has 2.5 and 5 gig uh, Wi-Fi in it. It's also got uh, Ethernet ports here. You can come out, and uh, this picks up the 4G or 5G signal here. And the interesting thing is. We're, we're in kind of a, not a great coverage area here where my house is, but I can send this thing, I can tie a, a rope or put this in a bag or something, tie a rope around this sucker, and I can pull it up, you know, 50 feet up in a tree and get these antennas up here in a tree, and man, you know, it, it picks up really well. And, and then, of course, we've got our Wi-Fi from here back down and we can connect, or or we can run a an Ethernet from here down. Now, this kind of plays into what uh, Brent was talking about. So to power this, it takes 12 volts right here. It's a 12 volt uh, connection right here. But I, I've got a little simple Ethernet converter here. And look, it's got a, it's got a power plug on it. I can put that power plug right there in the in there and i can plug the ethernet in one of the ethernet ports here and then i can plug an ethernet cable here and run a you know run a hundred foot ethernet cable down into the shack here and uh, here's the other end i plug this on the, that cable and it converts it and in the power supply of course will plug into here and i can run power up the ethernet so it's kind of neat uh, all the different things that you can do uh, with with power over ethernet um, I typically don't need to do that here, but uh, I'm prepared in case I need to do something, you know. Mm -hmm. I'm sure. 
I'm sure uh, Brett has done a lot of power over Ethernet, especially with his wireless uh, Internet services. Oh, yeah. I've done a lot yeah. with it. And the other thing that you can do, which may be especially handy in certain situations, is that you can run power over Ethernet um, at a higher voltage, like 12 or 24 volts, and then put an adapter on the far end that adapts it to USB. So then if you have a USB gadget at the far end, ah, that includes yeah. all sorts of little things, again, like the Raspberry Pi, um, but you know, not limited to that. Anything yeah, that's... USB, anything can get powered. And so that comes in really handy. Yeah, that's uh, that's cool. I hadn't thought about that, but man, there are all kinds of adapters out there, man. That and and the cost has come down to practically nothing. You can get you can get anything like this now, you know, off the internet. And uh, you know, hey, I have found I, I I've started buying most of my stuff through Amazon. I don't know. I mean, I you know I used to order a lot of it direct from China, but I, I kind of think if I order from Amazon, I might get a little bit better guarantee. You know, better. Well, you can always return yeah. stuff on yeah. Amazon. Yeah, so I just go through Amazon. Usually you can get the same price, you know, with it. So so anyway, hey, power over Ethernet, that's that's kind of cool. Uh, hey, maybe you could tell us uh, one day, hey, look at here what I've got. This is this is backwards. This is not power over Ethernet. This is, this is Ethernet over power, and maybe you can talk uh -huh. about that sometime, yeah. Ethernet, Ethernet yeah. over power. So if you don't want to run an Ethernet uh, cable uh, uh, somewhere, look at this, guys. You plug oh, it, yeah. plug I it in the wall, plug your oh, Ethernet yeah. I've in got there, one. and you know this. Uh, and then at the other end, you plug this in the wall, and your Ethernet cable comes out, and you know you you use your house wiring for 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 uh, your Ethernet. And uh, I'm not so sure how well that'll work, but. It, oh, there I, are some tricks to using that one. I the, guess. Trick, the biggest trick you got to know about those, just really quick, is that you're, you have your, the power in your house has two phases. Right, right. And if you're on the same, if the two outlets you're going between are on the same phase, it works beautifully. Yeah, if yeah. If it doesn't, you know, if they're not on the same phase, then the signal will be terrible. You'll drop packets and everything else. So you have to buy a unit which has some really, really high voltage capacitors that bridge the two sides of your power line so the signal can get through. Oh, now I don't know, but I, gee, I see what you're talking about, but uh, I, I, man, I don't know. I, I think I would just go back, pull a cover off the, the breaker panel and just move that one wire to a different breaker. <laughs> you could do that too. That's, that's probably what I would. That's probably what I would do there. All right. Hey, hey, uh, great, great segment here on uh, power over Ethernet. And, yeah. Hold uh, on. Before you leave, yeah. I got a quick question. Uh, Brett, you were talking about the power, and those contacts on the RJ45 only take an amp. Mm -hmm. uh, now, if you're going to feed 12 volts, you're still going to be limited to that one amp, correct? Oh yeah, the current. So, that's that's a current limitation, not exactly. A so that's going to limit you to 12 watts if you're going to run 12 volts. Mm -hmm. And then Before if you, you want to get more wattage, then you got to run the 57 or 56 volts. <clears throat> then you can run the 57, you know, 50 something watts and then down convert it on the other end. Mm -hmm. And there's Good. equipment that can do that. Yeah. Um, I just wanted everybody to know that that one amp limit is a amperage limit, not a wattage limit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I uh, my uh, my antenna farm is out back, and I've got underground conduit that I put in that goes back here. It's about 135 feet back here, and uh, when I pull my uh, my coax out here, I pull me a couple um, Cat5 cables through there, and they're great for if I want to 
turn a relay on or off or something out there or you know I've got several little things I've built up that uh, that uh, I need uh, 12 volts for and or whatever and uh, I can use that Ethernet cable to uh, to get my voltage out there yeah I would recommend if you're going that far you're putting something like that router out there you put on a 15 volt supply and oh, yeah. then yeah. Can, there'll be a voltage drop due to the current it'll come out right about at 12 volts yeah there you go. yeah so someone in the chat room asked, he said, uh, let's see, do those Ethernet over power cause RFI? I guess anything can cause RFI, actually. I don't know. What do you think? Well, the FCC uh, has, to, you know, has to approve of those, and so they're, they're limited in what they can do. But, uh, yeah, I've heard of people getting a little bit of interference from them, mostly, mostly on, like, FM radios. I, I, don't, I have no idea how they would affect an HF radio. Well, and I'll, I'll tell you, uh, one of the things that uh, one of the, I'm looking for here, uh, I found in my shack, just a, a simple wall wart, you know, a 12-volt wall wart that's plugged in a wall. I, had, I found one that was giving so much interference. Yeah. I was so glad to find it and pull it and unplug that thing. Uh, oh, yeah. Years ago, we were in Benton County doing the uh, Mississippi CUSO party, and we had got all set up and everything, and the RFI was just over the top. We could hear nothing and nobody, and, you know, we were all ready to tear down and give it up, and yep. lo and behold, it turned out that it was the wall wart for the Dell laptop was just generating oh, yeah, yeah. so and that, much that, noise. Yeah, that one's done it, too. Yep. Um well, that's why that's why so many hems swear by linear power supplies because it's the switchers that cause most of those problems. Yep. I have I have a couple of I have a couple of big heavy linears in my shack because it keeps everything really quiet. Yep. Well, Mark P is asking, do they make a twelve volt output adapter that takes in fifty six volts? I'm sure they do. And the answer is go to that uh, go to, go to that site I mentioned, the Texas POE site. Uh, they they have ones that shift the voltage ah oh, okay very good very good let's see okay um hey everybody uh hey just stand by we'll be right back in about about a half a minute or so uh, don't go away and um we'll be back explore the world of microwave with icom's new shf portable the ic905 this all-mode rig covers 2 meters, 70 centimeters, 1.2 gigs, 2.4 gigs, 5.6 gig bands, and with the optional CX10G transceiver, it will do 10 gigahertz. This transceiver also has a few industry firsts. It's the first to support the five major general bands from VHF to SHF. The first PoE-powered RF module designed to be at the base of the antenna to eliminate signal loss and the first to be compatible with amateur TV in analog FM mode. Other features of the IC905 include a large 4.3-inch touchscreen, real-time high-speed spectrum scope, easy digital mode settings, high-performance GPS antennas included, full D-Star functions, SD card slot. Aim higher and enter the world of SHF. For more information, go to www.icomamerica/amateur. All right, and we're back, and we just had a great uh, segment here. 
Brett told us all we need to know about power over Ethernet. Okay. Um, let me give you guys an update on W5KUB113. I thought we lost it. I thought we it had come down. It has been up 405 days now. Uh, that's a pretty long flight, 405 days. Um, we didn't hear from it for two or three days, uh, but yesterday it, it reported, and then today I think it reported. So it's down uh, near, let me see if I can get bring the screen up and let you guys see where it is. Got too many wires here in a way, showing too much stuff. Let's see. So we're right now, we are right there. And man, we're, we're, we're inching back down toward the, uh, inching back down toward the equator. I don't know if we're going to cross it again or not. I don't think we are, but uh, at that at that position there, westbound, there's a lot of storms out there uh, developing, and uh, we thought a storm maybe got us uh, right there south of. Um, let me turn the thing off here. Right there, uh, it was it was right there in the Gulf of uh, Aden, right below Yemen, when we lost it, and uh, I looked at some of the other uh, links that we've got uh, for weather information and. We had, we had some cloud tops as high as 50,000 feet in that area, and we're only flying at 47,000, so that's, that's uh, bad news. But uh, uh, obviously, we weren't in it, and we, we passed it. We're out of it now, and we're still moving. Uh, altitude is about as good right now as it was 404 days ago. Uh, here's a picture of the map that... Uh, oh, uh, what, let me just say this. Uh, I'm just wondering if some of the solar storms may be causing us some communications problem. You know, we didn't get any reports for two days. Uh, uh, and, and even when we are starting to get reports, look at this. Look at this is Whisper. Look at this. I mean, we're getting one or two reception reports total. I mean, that's, I mean, this thing is transmitting all day, and we may get, you know, we, we may uh, get picked up once or twice per day the last few days, and you can see there's not many people picking it up. So, don't know. It looks like it's, I don't know. It's just in a worldwide dead spot. Well, it, it, uh, it, that definitely is kind of a dead spot, but I mean, you got to consider too, uh, whisper. I mean, this little transmitter is typical of 9,000 kilometers and it's typical to, you know, to, to reach from. Yeah. But as Brett was mentioning, yeah. we've got solar storms. Yeah. And, and I think, I think that might have, well. I think that might have something to do with it. Uh, maybe we hope. Uh, I thought it had, maybe it had gone down, and if it we, if it had not reported yesterday, today, we would have probably marked it off. But uh, it uh, you know it's it's done very good. You can see it right there. It's made many 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 trips around the world. That's phenomenal. And we're for that back thing. up. We're back up right there, just west of uh, I mean east of Africa, right above the equator. We're, and we're kind of in an area there that kind of. The wind's not going anywhere. It's kind of, I don't know. But uh, hopefully it'll break out of that, uh, and maybe it'll, if it'll if it get a little bit more north there, it'll hit, it'll hit the jet stream. Uh, 
and uh, we might can get some some good speeds, but uh, it's pretty slow right right this minute. And what's the power output on this transmitter? Well, typically typically we run 10 milliwatts uh, on this. That's probably less than what your garage door opener runs, and and typically uh, we get hundreds of reception reports every time we transmit. And as as far away as as 9,000 kilometers, that's like from, you know, west of uh, Africa down to Australia. But but lately we've, we're getting very few now. Possibilities: Did one of the antennas break off? That antenna has been swinging in the wind now for 404 days. Uh, I did my best to reinforce the the number 36 wire. It's got number 36 magnet wire on there for the antenna, the bottom half. It's just a hanging, and uh, I tried to give it some stress relief with uh, some fishing line. Uh, but, you know, hey, 400 and something days swinging in that wind up here. Uh, well, you know, we may no, have lost. You can't complain. You we may have lost, we may have lost part of our antenna, but I, I, I don't know. So, so anyway, we're, you know, we're, um, we're live. It's still live, and it's, um, you know, it's, it's flying, so we're happy. Will we make two years? I don't know. I was just happy we made a year. Will it yeah. make two years? And uh, well, I, you have to remember when you launched those things, they weren't lasting more than two or three weeks. Yeah, back three years ago, you know, if you could fly one for three weeks or a month, that was great. Uh, sometimes you might hit five months, you know. Yeah. You know, but uh, now things are different. Things are different, man, and we're, yeah, going, we're going in. We're thing. going in now to float a pool. Yeah, <laughs> going into float a pool now. Yeah. So now you're going to have to uh, train the ants into hazmat duty if you're going to do that. Yeah, I see Bill in the chat room here. I was hoping he might join us tonight. Uh, uh, let's see. I, I, I sent Bill a private message a minute ago, but I guess maybe he hadn't seen it. But uh, anyway. Thought maybe Bill might have some comments regarding that, or, or maybe how propagation's been since he's, you know, he's locked in with all the other balloons that are flying around the world and and everything. Um, all right, so um, let's see. So that's where 113 is. Um, I uh, right right before the show. I, uh, I I put out a note out there that hey we might show a few QSL cards tonight. Uh, post a QSL card and I think we had three or four people do it. I know it was short notice, but uh, hey let's look at the QSL cards here that we're sending tonight. Uh, that'll be interesting to see what uh, uh, what they are. Who sent them? Let me see if I can go to them. Here we go. So let me see if I can line this up. So I started it out with my card right there, and uh, that's that's me in front of my my station there. Um, and uh, hey, I want to give a plug on these cards here in case somebody is looking for QSL cards. I I see on uh, there's a lot of new hams that get on here and in on Facebook, and they ask where can I get some QSL cards. Well, I'll tell you something, you know. You can get probably uh, 50 or 100 cards here in the U.S. and pay, you know, 70, 80 bucks for them. I don't know. But I want to show you something, guys. This card here, full color, glossy, full color, heavy stock, two-sided, 
whatever you, whatever I wanted to put on there, I could put on there. Uh, these cards were made by um, made made by Genity. Uh, I don't know if I said it name right. UX five UO out of the Ukraine. Now, I thought with the war going on, maybe Genity is not able to you know make cards, but he he does have people in different countries working for him. UX five UO, and I'll tell you something. Uh, let me I'm pull up his site, and you know we're not getting any anything for this, but I just want you guys to see this. Guys, I had 1,000 cards printed. 1,000 cards printed. It cost me $70, and that included postage back from Ukraine. Unbelievable. And the quality is just unbelievable uh, on these cards. So you can pay 70 bucks here in the States, and you can have somebody print you 100 cards. Or you can pay, you know, 70 bucks uh, to Genity here and get you a thousand cards. But there it is. And he'll, uh, he'll work with you. He'll help you design it. Or you just design your own card. If you got a picture, you know, or, or, or a you know, Photoshop program, make your, up your own picture. If you just send it to him, uh, that's what he'll print. And uh, uh, if you don't have it, he'll help you make one. So... This is uh this is cool right here. Okay, let's see who we got. Uh, anyway, oh, you can you can look right here and you can see, you can see his website. It's just uh, uh, ux5uoqsl.com, and you can see here some of his pricing. Uh, forty-four dollars. There's a that's a thousand cards. A thousand cards, forty-four dollars. Uh, uh, the super, well, the super deluxe ones, that's with four different colors and whatever, are $52. So, uh, it is, uh, it's, it's so cool. Uh, that he is does, amazing. He yeah. does, he does great work, man. Great, great work. So if you're looking for PSL cards, that's where you ought to go, man, right there. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, let's see. I was going to, oh, we're going to go look at QSL cards now that people sent in. So, uh, that was me. I'll send mine in, and let's see. Hey, here's William. Here's Bill Stearns, NE4RD. I don't know if he's on tonight, but, uh, hey, that is a cool card. Where is it? Montana. Montana. Cool. Don't look like a lot of people out there. I bet the uh, noise level's pretty low there. NE4RD. Cool card. Cool card. Let's see. Here's Colin from down under. Colin sent this one in tonight. VK5COL. Pretty nice looking car. Got his radios in here. His call. Oh, and he's got it where he can uh, put the information on the front here. Fill out the information on the front. Cool. And we had another one. Where is it? There it is. Barry, Barry Nelson. Barry Nelson. Hey, that's a good-looking card, too, right there. He can put yeah, information nice. on the front. I love the colors on this card. KN4NIB, Barry. He's got a ferret on the front. Uh, oh, yeah, he sure does. Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. I like that card right there. All right. If you guys want to send your cards in, we'll try to get them on the show next, uh, uh, next week. 
All right. All right, so we did the QSL cards there. Let's see. What? Um, yeah, the uh, Dave Shelton. Dave Dave sent me that uh, link for the Flotapoo. Flotapoo? Yeah. Yeah, we're, I have, I, we'll have to check into that. That's, that's uh, pretty cool there. All right. Well, we're doing pretty good here. Again, hey, guys, if you're interested, if you didn't hear before, if you're interested in Hamcation tickets, I've got two tickets I'm going to give to someone uh, that's going to Hamcation. Uh, we're going to give these away next week. So you've got seven days now. Send me an email to tom at w5kub.com, tom at w5kub.com. And uh, we'll put your name in a hat. There's probably, you know, the odds are pretty good. There's maybe seven or eight people that said they're going. So we're not going to have a whole lot to pick from, but some lucky person is going to receive two tickets there. Yeah. Hey, Tom, Bill said to refresh your Facebook page. He ref uh, re he submitted uh, a card too. All right. <coughs> All right. I saw it. I saw the note refresh the Facebook page. I didn't think he was talking to me. So, all right, let's see what we got here. Oh, there he is. There he is. Let's let's look at it. Let me see if I can bring it back up here. Bam and bam. All right, look at that. I that don't look like Bill to me. Look. I was going to say, wait a minute. There's truth in advertising. Got to come. Yeah, on here. I I think he's got some actor that's sitting there. Yeah. Look at that dark uh, hair. Look at all that hair right there. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Man, I don't. I don't remember what Bill looks like now. Man. Oh man, I gotta dig up a picture of me when I was young. Yeah. Well, there you go, Bill Brown. I guess nice that's looking station for back is then. Is that though. is that rural route? Maybe rural route four or yeah. I don't know. Finley, Finley, Ohio. Yeah. Man, that was back in the older days. Well, it looks like you got 1970. A, wow. Eight, what was that? 1870. Yeah. Eight, 1870. Yeah. A Viking two and a Hallicrafters SX 101A. Wow, yeah, that man. brings back yeah, some memories. Yeah. Not here, only man. that, he's got an analog phone on oh, top of the room. Wait a minute, but it, but it's got a touch. It's that's a touch tone phone, man. Yeah. They had touch tone in seventies. Did they have them back that that long? They were relatively new yeah, back I, then, but yeah. Uh, he's up to date there, and I don't know what that is on top of the receiver. Is that like a digital clock or something? Looks like a clock, yeah. It was one of those electrical digital, yeah. you know. Let me see analog. if I, I'm I'm gonna see if I can't blow that up a little bit here. I, I want to examine his station here. Let, let me blow it up. Let's see. I'll, I'm gonna see if we can figure this thing out here real quick. All right, yeah. here we go. Bill is saying that's a here, digital analog here clock. Here we go. All right. All right. He yeah, that was the one that had the motors that rotated and flipped the little. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think it, I don't know right there. That don't look like Bill. I think it's an actor. Do I see a microphone? Yeah. Is that a microphone right here in the center? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a flip clock. Yeah. Not a digital, yeah, but a flip. Yeah, one of those old flip clocks. Yeah, I yeah. remember the flip the flip clocks the little uh, things would oh, those flip were, over those were cool to have man yeah yeah they were. looks like an old vibroplex keyer he's got there well it's some kind of it looks it's a bug i think i, I think yeah. it's a bug uh, yep 
and uh, I'm looking at he's got 110 volt plug looks like behind the phone there he's overloading it he's got an adapter or something in it there oh yeah yeah let's see well I don't know if I can make anything else out there let's see let's see what's on the wall up there see if we can figure this out uh, let's see what we can figure out here W I see a seven that are those those are QSL cards I think those are QSL cards right there. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, all right. Wow, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well. All right, well, that was cool to examine his card there. Okay. <sighs> yep, that's a sure mic. Yep, I, I, I saw that. Sure mic, uh, let's see. Rotor phone on the wall, yep. All right. Well, okay. Hey, Hamcation, send me an email. Send me an email. And uh, let me just make a quick uh, announcement here since we had made one in over an hour. Uh, if you're out there listening on shortwave 7490 WBCQ, man, we're glad you're with us. This show tonight has been about ham radio. We've had a lot of fun. Uh, if you'd like to join us for our live show, you can join us on Tuesdays at 8 p.m. Central Time just by going to W5KUB. W5KUB.com. We have a chat room here. Hey, join our Facebook group. Uh, it's called W5KUB. We've got about a, we've got 14,000 people in that group, uh, and uh, we'd love to have you. Uh, hey, hit the subscribe button down here at the bottom uh, on our channel there. It helps us out a whole lot to get word out about our show. Hit that subscribe button, and uh, hey, that's probably about it right there. So. Uh, slowing the show down now, and kind of on the end here, we've got maybe, we got ten, we about, a, we got about 10 minutes left here. Back uh, to that flow to poo Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, I'm assuming that they're using biodegradable bags. Well, I don't know. So, is that subject to degrade at any time during flight? Well, I don't know about that. And, you know. This is a this is a just dog random, dog know, waste random, disposal system right there. Yeah, I was so. just gonna say, does it do a random deposit somewhere, or is it degrades? I I, I don't know. I I, I kind of think whoever's yard it falls in has to has to dispose of it. Has to uh, deal with it. Yeah. Yeah, they have to deal with it actually. Yeah. They're probably trying to get revenge on the Chinese who sent the spy satellite. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I hadn't thought about it. Mark Mark brings up a good point. The methane gas, it might cause this thing to have a little bit more lift. Yeah. You know, hadn't thought about that. Yeah, methane's lighter than air. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, and if the Air Force brings it down, it makes a bigger pop. Huh. Yeah, let's see. All right. Well, guys, what what do you want to do next week? What are we going to do? Black Friday. What was that? Black Friday. Oh, oh Black yeah. Friday. Hey, you want to talk about Black year, Friday? Man. Black I've... Friday. Hey, look, look. I've got a Black Friday sale thing here. Look at this, man. Oh, yeah. Mobile radios are on sale. I didn't. I didn't... Is, is Black Friday just anything and everything? I mean, well, they've, they've changed Black Friday. It used to be the Friday after Thanksgiving. Yeah. And and now they've changed it to, oh, any Friday 
close to the holiday season. Yeah. Is Black Friday. Yeah. yeah okay. The official one is still the one the, the day after Thanksgiving when you're all full of turkey and you go up and want to storm the uh, storm the sales. Um, the thing is, I don't know. It, I buy a lot of my gear at Hamfests because I can get really good deals on it. But if I yeah. want a good deal on something that I buy brand new, I will wait half a year to go to the Black Friday sales for, for ham gear because that's really when you get the best prices, even better than Dayton. Well, I, I, that, that receiver behind you, man, it's got awful big knobs on it. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I mean, look up. Big old knobs, man. Well, this is yeah. a this is a national this is a national. That's a cool looking radio there, man. Do you get that at Hamfest? Um, yes, this this was picked up at a Hamfest. Oh man, I love nice. that kind of stuff, man. Mm. One it's a one thirty seven, and it's classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gee, I would I would try to pick some of that stuff. I'm just running out of room to put stuff. I just don't. That's me. I'm out of room, I man. I don't have it. You know, don't need have a bigger house. Oh, yeah, but if I want to pick up something new, if I wanted to, like you know that that seventy six ten, you know that I was lusting after, or you know some some, some yeah. other new radio, maybe the FTDX ten or something, I'd I'd wait till Black Friday because you know I, I I once didn't and I regretted it because the same radio that I bought was two it was two weeks later it was on sale for for about twenty uh, percent off. Oh man, what? yeah, yeah. Not not necessarily ham gear, but I uh, ran into this at Walmart yesterday. They well, had the oh, Roku. I know, I, I know what it was. Underwear. Well, and they have right. I got a new clean pair of underwear for next year. Yeah, one pair. But uh, no, um, they had the Roku um, Premium, I oh. believe it is, uh, for night for nineteen dollars. Well, I guess and that's I picked cool. me up a pair of those. Yeah. Because my TVs don't do streaming. I they, bet you now you'll be able to get Amateur Radio Roundtable on your TV. Probably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah wouldn't that be great? Yep. The, the high-end Rokus are pretty good, but, you know, as, as an ISP, I can tell you what the best streaming box is, and it's a kind, of, kind of a surprise until you think about it. The best streaming box, if you want to get the best video, is an Xbox. Really? Hmm. Got all of that memory. And it's got all of that processing power. And it's got that really fancy graphics card for the games. It just loafs along when it does streaming. And oh, it gets, you know, so, so you never buffer. That's amazing. Cool. All right. Well, Brett, oh, we've enjoyed your, your segments. Now, I, I want you to work hard on finding something for next week. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to find something for next week, too. All right. Well, yeah, let's see some some more some more gadgets. And, oh yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we can cover Black Friday and maybe cover who's got what. You know, Gigaparts, MFJ. Yeah, that'd be cool. Hey, you yeah. know, I you know I'm just about every day I'm entering the Gigaparts contest to win that win the radio. But I, yeah. so far I haven't won it yet. That's because you can only get one ticket a day, Tom. Well, you get two if you get the. Uh, uh, get second question, question, get the yeah. bonus question. You get in, you can get in there twice. Yeah, you know? but you're still limited to just two entries a day. You don't stand a chance against other people. Uh, well, yeah, the, the play the know. playing field's even now. It only takes <laughs> one pick to pick you. That's all, man. This is true. Yeah, one pick to pick you. So I yeah, I, 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 I think I'll win it one day. I I think I will. I feel good about it. I keep saying that about my lottery tickets. Yeah, 
if I buy enough of them, I'm going to win. Just the law of odds is in my favor, you know? You know, what is it? 300 million to one. Eventually I'll, I'll hit it. Oh man. Well, all right. Um, I'll try to look and see if there's anything. I think I've checked off everything that was on our list here. Hey guys, just a repeat. If you've got a, uh, all American five radio, that's the old five tube, uh, device that will electrocute you. Send me, send me one. I won't, I, it'd be nice if it's working cause I don't have any spare tubes. I, you know, I grew up in a radio and TV shop with my uncle back in the sixties. And, you know, I used to fix this. I used to have all the parts and tubes and all that kind of stuff, but I just, over time, got rid of all that stuff. But, uh, so send me one that's working. Uh, I, I'd like the one with the miniature tubes in it, the 35W4 or 50C5. That's the two tall tubes there. Uh, and we want to convert that for the show, and we're going to show you how to do it on the show. We're going to convert it to make an a, a AM broadcast transmitter out of it where your kids can um, become a disc jockey and they can broadcast to the neighborhood there. And uh, depending on how far you make it go, that's uh, up to you, not not me. You know. All right, all right. Um, send it to me. I'll send it back to you once we convert it. Uh, That's, that would be a fun project. Yeah, and it doesn't require any additional parts, really. To uh, I think it requires maybe one, uh, like one bypass capacitor or something, uh, and usually you can strip that out of the radio somewhere where it doesn't need it. So you can actually do that without putting any parts at all into it other than what's already in there you know yeah right. actually i do have a new project i managed to pick up a uh, hw 101 and power supply oh cool man at the uh, the day in the park here at the the, the yeah. uh, tailgate section got it for a great price so we're going to be refurbing that and putting that back on the what, was it in working order i don't know oh what, uh, it's one of those we right. just don't know what do you have to pay for it tell us 85 bucks with the power supply. Oh man. You know, I, I, uh, I, I, I built, I, I, back in 1970, I, I ordered the one, the 100, HW 100 when it came out and, uh, uh, built that cost $249. That was yes. without power supply. I built a homebrew power supply, uh, for it. Uh, and, uh, $249. And um, 30 years later, I think I sold that at a flea market somewhere for $249. Yeah. Yep. I, I did give them the power supply with it, but. Yeah, I built yeah. an HW101 and the power supply back when I was like 18, 19. And um, so I'm kind of just recreating my early ham shacks. I got the HW16 and now the 101. Uh, I've also got an HW8. That I'm, I'm refurbing and everything. And there's a place you can go online. I forget their exact name. Somebody in the chat room probably knows where you can get uh, capacitor kits for all of this stuff. And so I've got the cap kit for the HW16. And so those are all going to be rebuilt. And then they're going to get an Arduino DDS for the VFO. Well, that and is a, digi uh, and a cool. digital display. I'm going to try to use that. Uh, digital dial type display that you had on your vehicle yeah, yeah. And, and put that on the hw16 and the hw101 um can you use a gps disciplined uh vfo on that oh absolutely yeah yeah i mean gps is another what 20 bucks 15 bucks that'd be a fun arduino project 
Yeah. Yeah, GPS with an Arduino is it's a match made in heaven. It's real easy to do. And uh, I've done that. Matter of fact, I built a, uh, a what is it, a Stratum 2 uh, NTP time server with the GPS and an Arduino. That was in like my third book, second book. That would be handy for uh, for FT8 and other modes. Yes. Yes. That was the design behind it is you're out in the middle of nowhere. You need time. Let's let's get you stratum two time. Well, all right, guys, it is 930. We're going to sign off here and say good night to everybody. Thanks for tuning in tonight, whether you're on the radio or you're on, uh, on the Internet watching the show. We appreciate having you there. And 73 is a good night. See you next week. Yep. Good night. 73. All right. I was gonna, clean. there you are, here we go. Yep. So you're saying I can ask this cat any question? The cat is connected to the computer. You just type in the question, it will read his mind. Speak of the devil. There the answer comes. You're the man! I've been looking for this for weeks. So you're saying I can ask this cat any right. question? The cat is connected to the computer. Right, why are you repeating? You just type why in the question. I'm not getting enough air.